Yeah, Dan's on. I saw that uh, Hi, someone Dan. from your organization's <laughs> on. So, hey, Dan, how are you? Hey, Cindy. Hey, Joe. Hi, David. Hey, John. How are you today? Virginia, Shirley, thanks for joining our event. Um, this is our second uh, social audio show, uh, The Real Talk with Brand Marketing. My name's, for those of you that do not know me, my name is Alicia Branham, and I am the owner and uh, owner and operator of Brand Marketing, an agency that specializes in the PVF industry. Um, today, um, I'm really delighted and honored to have a, a really wonderful person on, Natalie Forster. She is the chief editor of Supply House Times Magazine, and I was really lucky that she agreed to be on my social audio program and be a guinea pig. So, hey, Natalie, welcome to the show. Hi, Alicia. Thank you for asking me. I'm excited to be here, and this is a really cool thing that you're doing. Oh, thanks. I, uh, it's a little awkward and different, but I'm, I'm going for it. So, uh, you know, I, uh, yeah. you know, I like looking at different technologies for my business, and I like sharing the things that I'm learning um, with others in our industry. And I love the PVN, and I love the PVF industry just like you do. So, let me ask you a question. Tell everybody that may not know who you are exactly who you are and what you do. Hi, everyone. I'm Natalie Forster, Chief Editor of Supply House Times, like Alicia told you. I have been in the plumbing PVF industry for a little over five years, and just two and a half of those years with Supply House Times. Um, I started with Supply House Times in 2020 at the very beginning of the pandemic, so it's been a wild ride, but I love it, and I'm, I'm one of those people that the industry has captured and doesn't plan to leave. <laughs> Um, so tell me, uh, Thomas, tell us what it's like to be the editor-in-chief of a long-standing publication like Supply House Times. Yeah, so as someone who is relatively new to the industry, just about five years in, it's really exciting to know that I'm a part of something that has such a long history. There's decades of resources, decades of content, and of loyal readers and relationships that I get to use as a resource and refer back to and just have that behind me, which is a really great feeling. Um, it's it's cool when I get to go to events and I meet people and say Supply House Times, they're like, oh yeah, you know, my dad or my grandpa was on the cover of that or featured in that X number of years ago. So that's just a good reminder that there's a lot behind this. Um, and I also think it's really cool that obviously it's, it's changed a lot over the decades. And um, especially within the past two years since I've been on just like, every other business, we've seen tons of changes. So where I'm at now and how it's evolved so far, I, I think it's exciting to know that I'm, I'm part of this evolutionary time and that years from now, someone you know will be looking back and who knows what it'll have changed to by then. And, and I get, I'm glad that I get to be a part of it. That's a really great answer. Um, I love this. You know, it's I've seen a lot of changes in this industry over the past 10 years. You know, I've been in the PVF industry since 2009 and I'm a valve girl for life. I'm just going to say that I'll probably get a T-shirt made of it because that's how I feel. Um, it's true. Um, so let me ask you another question. Um, what are some of the most rewarding aspects of your work? Yeah, I like this question a lot. I um, hands down the most rewarding thing is the fact that I get to I get the opportunity to tell company stories, to highlight innovations and unique things that these great companies are doing. Um, so it's great to see how excited these companies are to be published and to work with me um, and to tell their story. And they're excited to shout from the rooftops how great their team is. So then, you know, once the stories come out and they're published, it's equally as rewarding to see their friends in the industry and their partners 
congratulate them and be happy for them. It's just reminds everybody what a great industry it is. Um, so that's the best part is just seeing the excitement and how great pe- grateful people are, people are that I get to help tell their stories. Um, I, you know what, I, I get to work, I get the privilege actually of working with a lot of rep agencies across the country. And the ones that are dearest to my heart are those family, second, third generation, you know, that have been around for such a long time and, and watching the growth at those type of organizations, you know, and, and just how their, their businesses changed and then, and then how each generation, you know, brings the business to a better place. And then, and the next generation brings it to like where it is today. And it's, for me, it's really rewarding, um, for me to see those kind of things happen because I, I'm big into family and I think, uh, family businesses are kind of amazing. So, um, yeah. Um, so let me ask you another question that's dear to my heart. Um, what do you do what do you do to recharge yourself to stay efficient and effective in what you do? Yeah, this is a, a really important question. So I'm someone who likes to be really busy. I'm kind of a, a hustler, I guess. I, like in college, had many different jobs and things at, at one time. So I like to stay really busy. But I'm also your classic millennial, I guess you could put that in quotes, where I think work, work-life balance is incredibly important, especially over the past couple of years, I think. A lot of people have learned about that and seen the importance of it. So for me, um, it's just giving yourself a minute to take a step back, uh, go take a walk to clear your mind. If you're frustrated with something, if you've got uh, a really long day or like, oh my gosh, you don't have the mindset of, oh, I have so much work today. It's just going to be the longest day. If you, if I give myself that time to just go take a 30 minute walk, then my mind's clearer. I'm in a better mood. Um, so that's sort of my, my thing to stay recharged is just getting getting out for a second um, and, and unplugging for just a second. And then you feel more ready to plug back in and more positive about it. Um, I, I also work from home and I'm an extrovert. Um, so as anyone that can relate to that can be a little bit challenging. So my my walk of the day or my trip to the gym is my little social interaction and I might not even talk to anybody on that on that outing, but I see okay, there's other humans out there, and and my mind's a little bit clear, and I can go back to my little my little hole and get to work. <laughs> I know that feeling. I I tap into my yoga studio for that sense of community, right? As a I, you know, it's interesting back, back, you know, for some of you folks that don't know me back in my, my old days, I used to work for Apollo valves. Right. So, and, and I was a remote employee for them for a lot of years. And, um, you know, I've, I've, I've historically not like really done a great job at taking care of myself because I've always wanted to be on for my job. And then when I left there, I started to become a yogi and I started adding yoga into my day. And then COVID kind of whacked that out for myself. And I've had a really hard time developing that practice again. And and I know that there are other people out there that probably feel the same way about, gosh, I used to do this. I used to do that. And I, it's hard to get back into that thing. And you know, it's. Uh, I think it's important that you know people take time for themselves to recharge because you become a more effective leader and just a better person in general for yourself and your family. And if, if you start with yourself mm-hmm. and you work on yourself, you know the rest of it's kind of cake because you know people like in my industry, the people that I work with, you know, a lot of people rely on them. So a lot of the agencies uh-huh. that I work with, I, I like trying to pump them up and make sure that they're taking time for themselves and not working too hard. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and it's something that's hard to do, but I think 
I think society is slowly shifting and understanding how important it is. And I've, I've had conversations within this industry of people that are well into their careers, but maybe now take time to do a bike ride or, or whatever. They've really learned how important that is. It's really important to take time for yourself. Take the dog for a walk before it gets too hot, right? <laughs> Go to the gym, get yeah. a Peloton. I, I caved and got a Peloton last year. So, you know, and, and I should use it more than I do, but I plan on it. So anyway, but back to you, because this really is about you. So let me ask you, um, how have you used today's technology and social media to grow your readership? Yeah, I love I love social media. Uh, well, I guess you could say a love-hate relationship. I love social media for business. Um, so I'll talk a little bit more about that later. But in terms of technology and digital media, I try to look at a holistic approach. There are tons of different ways to get content out there. Um, there's tons of different outlets and websites and social media channels. So I am aware that we have you know, those people that are going to click into the monthly e-magazine and scroll through and read that. And we have our audience that's going to check the website every couple of days to see what's going on. And we have our followers on social media and our e-newsletters e -newsletters and so on. So I'm aware that we have those different audiences and there's a lot of crossover, sure, but not everyone tunes into every single thing. People are so busy, they pick up what works for them. Um, so my guy that's checking the website for news, he might not click through that e-magazine every single time and vice versa. So um, it's really, there's a demand for the content um, at all times. It's just about finding the most efficient and effective way to reach your readers. And so I think it's really important to offer up, it's sort of like offering up a plate of here, you know, here's all the different ways that we can reach you, take what works for you and connect with us. And, and that's fine. You know, I really like tech in general, and one of the things that I like that you guys have done as a magazine is I like how high-tech your digital editions are. I like all the linking opportunities and all the movement and all the, the fun stuff going on with that magazine in particular. I really I really like that, by the way. <laughs> I think it's pretty cool. So, just, you know, hey, just saying. So, um, all right, let me ask you another question. Um, who has been the biggest influence in your career development? Yeah, so you and I kind of talked about this, and it's a tough question, and we don't really know exactly why it's so tough, but I think it's, um, for me, it's because I have, I'm a pretty observant person, so I feel like I've had the opportunity to meet a lot of great people in this industry and outside of it, and I'm, I kind of pull nuggets from people, and I feel like I, I learned something this conversation, and I like something from this conversation, and, and I kind of pile it all together to, to help me out. Um, but I will say, I'll give a shout out to Mike Miazga, which I think a lot of people know and love in the industry. He was a longtime chief editor before myself. Um, so through that transition and still today, just is always open with his industry knowledge and contacts and has just been a great resource and continues to be a good resource for me in the publication. So that's that's been a great thing. I know you know Mike really well and have worked with him, so he's very helpful. <laughs> Mike is definitely a class act, uh, that's for sure. And I've um, I always enjoyed uh, the times that I've got to work with him on different articles. And then when you know he went over to ASA as vice president over there, I was just really delighted for him because he's just a nice person and deserves nice things to happen to him. So uh, <laughs> you know you know he's a nice person and. and I, I think that I think one of the best features about our industry that I think is a, either a well-kept secret or I don't know is that I think that we have a lot of really truly great human beings that we get to work mm -hmm. with on different 
on different levels. And, you know, I think that's what keeps me in the industry and, and also motivated to want to be of service in this industry, right? Like, who starts a social audio program about the PVF industry? I don't know. I will, <laughs> right? Because <laughs> yeah. because it's, it's what's going on outside of these industries and these kind of conversations are going on in other social media platforms, right? Like, you know, I, I was inspired to start this show because I, I, I have an app called Clubhouse that's a social audio uh, at social audio app that you can go in and listen to people fighting, talking about politics, talk about business, talk about God, talk about all kinds of things. And mm-hmm. I figured our industry is never going to go and go and download this app and do these things. And then when I heard LinkedIn was offering the social audio feature, I knew that this was a perfect a perfect platform for the road warriors and the salespeople and the, the, the people that we engage with in our industry to be able to have a new space to have, you know, audio conversations that didn't involve being involved in a Zoom meeting, right? <laughs> or like, hey, mm-hmm. I have to share my video with you. It's, you know, it's just like two, you know, two people talking about, you know, similar interests in an industry that we all serve, right? So I decided to start this show and, and that's that's how I came about for people that are listening. So um, let me ask you another question so I can keep us on track as I can talk to you all the day. <laughs> so um, are you involved in any type of mentorship coaching? I I am not. I don't have a formal mentor, and that's definitely something that I would love to find and, and maybe naturally will happen for me. Um, and I, I think it's a really important thing, and people are talking about it a lot within the industry. Companies are creating their own internal and exter- external mentorship programs, which is awesome. Um, I'll say the closest thing that I have found to that um, and or where I felt really like I was a mentee, I guess, is um, heading into ASA's Women in Industry Division and attending their Elevate event. I've been going to that since t- 2019, and it's just an incredibly welcoming and encouraging environment. Um, I feel like each time I've been, every table that I sit at, I find um, a woman at that table that teaches me something about the industry or about life or about professionalism. So I feel like that's a great place to, to find a mentor if you don't have one or to just get mentored to if you attend that event. That's a really great event, and I was sad I had to miss it this year because I just was too busy onboarding new employees and clients. It was just too challenging, so I'm really not going to miss the next one at all. So uh, at all, so I've been really blessed to, you know, um, actually find some mentoring myself this year. I've I've been involved in with a couple of different, you know, business coaches um, because I felt the need that I needed to grow myself as a as a person, you know, professionally and, and personally. And I found that, you know, finding the right fit for you, um, you know, really d- does help your bottom line, you know, with your with your, you know, being able to create that balance between as someone who's a workaholic um it helps me to create a better balance between my business life and you know my personal life so um Mm -hmm. anyway i recommend anyone who's out there listening that you know getting some type of coaching from a reputable person is uh, is definitely Mm -hmm. a great idea for you and a good investment to invest in yourself frankly a lot of people don't invest in themselves they don't realize they should keep doing that it doesn't matter your age and so it doesn't matter how old you are, how, uh, how young you are, if you are not too young or old to get any coaching in your life. So let me ask mm-hmm. you one last question. Um, what advice do you have for those in our industry right now? Good. Um, I like this question. And I, I want to give two pieces of advice. The, the first is just to take advantage of the resources that we have. 
Um, like we talked about earlier, there's so many different ways to find informative content and so many different outlets, podcasts, this thing here that you're doing with social audio. Um, so just find what works for you and grab onto it and engage with it. And then on that same note to take advantage of the networking and the education things that are our industry is doing um, AIMR, ASA, and the buying groups, they all offer great things. So in a time where it's more important than ever to attract and retain new employees and bring people into our industry, there's no better way to broaden your pool of resources than to network and and to tackle market challenges head on than to learn from your peers and to learn from experts that speak at these events. Um, and then my second piece of advice is my my social media advice, which Dan um, Ashenden, that's listening, my publisher, he knows I can talk about social media for days. Um, but I'll say to remember that social media was not designed to be 100% self-promotional. Um, I see a lot of companies and, and people in our industry, you know, posting, promoting a product or just solely promoting, posting, promoting their company, which are all fine things to do. Um, but social media channels were designed for connection, engagement, storytelling, and, and things like that. So I would just encourage people to remember that um, the types of content that gets clicks and interactions are that informative and engaging content that people come to social media for. So if you can do both, if you can, you know, promote a product or promote your company in a really engaging way, I mean, that's, that's the goal. That's a great thing to do. Um, and I think this is sort of the reason that a lot of companies, especially small to midsize, have a hard time investing in the, investing the time and resources into social media because it doesn't equal or translate directly into sales. Um, but I think you need to look at it as a connection tool, an engagement tool, a networking tool, which are all things that every conversation that I have within our industry with a distributor or a rep, um, they, they are, you got to have relationships, you got to connect, you got to engage. Well, social media is your tool to do that. Um, it's not necessarily a sales tool. No, and you know, you're right about that. And, and I know this industry has a lot of different age groups, right? Like we, we deal with with everything from the from you know the people just starting out in their careers to people that are you know been in this industry 30 40 50 years right and it's 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 such a different ball game out there for businesses right now that I, I like at the minimum if you're if you're doing business to business sales if you're not if you don't have your business on LinkedIn and you're not trying to grow your engagement on there you're really missing the boat because think of I guess the way I look at it is I look at LinkedIn as like the new yellow pages, right? Because back in the day, we had this like yellow page that was like a little book that was just, you know, meant for your city, your territory, your state, whatever. And you had to, you know, be lucky enough to be coveted to have somebody else's like phone book from another state. And now it's like everything's available at your fingertips, right? And you can grow community across like, you know, cities and and like because of technology, there are no more borders, Mm -hmm. which means that you know, you have an ability to gain attention for yourself by, you know, having an online presence, providing value to people, showcasing what you guys do and do best. Not in your right, not just about, hey, buy this from me, do this, that, the other. Mm-hmm. But it's it's about, you know, it, it's about showcasing your strengths as a company, as an individual, as an organization, you know, and, and how your services or how you can be a, a you know, a benefit 
to other people. Um, yeah. And I think that um, our industry in particular, you know, suffers from a lot of that older mindset. But I know it's changing, and I know people really want to change. And so I'm really blessed to be in this little slice of pie where I find myself here mm-hmm. today. So um, with that said, I wanted to open up any questions to the audience. Um, we've gone over our 15 minute marks. I try to keep it at 15 minutes, um, you know, but I, you know, we go over a little. And uh, if anybody has any questions, feel free to raise your hand. I can bring you on stage um, and you can ask your questions. And if not, that's cool too. We're just happy that you showed up today. Um, Natalie, do you have any parting thoughts or anything? No, I, I just really appreciate the opportunity to be here and to be part of um, this cool thing that you're starting. And I'm, I'm thrilled to be at the beginning of it and excited to see where it goes and really appreciate you asking me. Hey, I really appreciate you wanting to be on our show. So I really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Natalie, for your time. And uh, thank you for everybody that showed up for the meeting and people giving us high fives and applauding. I really appreciate it. Hey, actually, <laughs> Felipe, do you have a question? Hold on, let me see. I think he might have a question. Um, Felipe, do you have a question? Yeah, so real quick question. I love what you all were sharing, Natalie and Alicia. Thank you. I appreciate that. My question, I guess, you know, maybe for Natalie, but for both of you, is what is your philosophy on repurposing content? Because I know you know, obviously like on LinkedIn, you know, content you put out a year ago, people can't go back that far in your feed sometimes. Mm-hmm. And if you have a good piece of content that you felt is relevant and it worked and it's still relevant today, What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, that's a really good question. And it's something that I, I deal with a lot, um, both on social media and off, where, you know, as a publication, we have annual features that, that come out. And of course, you don't want them to be redundant. You want to make them really relevant. So I, w- I would for sure say if you have a really a post that's done really well on social media and it, you want to resurface it, you know, share it and, and get it back to the top of your feed, but add just a unique tidbit to it, a new statistic that will strike attention, um, a poll or a new graphic, um, just something new to it to keep it fresh, but remind people, you know, why they liked it last time. That's a great question. I appreciate that. And, and okay. one, one thing I was thinking of, like, repurposing a video that was a little bit too long, like five minutes, and cutting mm-hmm. up into 60-second segments and doing, a, like, a series of five. So that kind of mm-hmm. repurposing, you think, would be work? Definitely. Yeah, um, that's a great idea. And I, um, we have done some video as well. And you want to be real careful with that, that time. We all know our attention spans are super short these days. So um, something that I've found success in is maybe just taking a clip of the video and uh, just a real short clip could be 20 seconds. um, And then you're linking over to a place where the people that are really interested can watch that full video. Um, So that's a way to use video on your social media, but you're not bogging people down with too long form content. That's a great question, Felipe, actually. I, and I agree with that approach to breaking it down. I think that is, uh, our people's attention spans are really small. The only challenge about that, though, is if you're working on Instagram, for instance, your video has to be a certain length or, or, or else you can't schedule it out to post and it won't, it won't post. So those are just a few things to keep in mind if you're going to be breaking up your videos. LinkedIn has like a little sweet spot of well, what they'll be acceptable for a video length or not. So that's just a little tidbit right there. In my feelings and dealing with that sometimes, you know how these social media outlets are. So um, does anyone else have any other questions today? And if not, then we will close out our room for today. And I thank everybody for attending. And Natalie, thank you for being willing to be my guinea pig. <laughs> so. <laughs> 
You're welcome. I appreciate you and thank you everyone that joined so much. Thanks a lot, guys. Have everybody have a great day. Make it a great day, everyone. Thanks. Bye-bye.